to the Kingdom Rewind here on Arrowhead Live. I'm your host, Roman Metcalf. Alongside me is Sean Dixon. Sean, what's going on, man? Well, same old, same old. Just, you know, work and, and home life and lots of home life since we're since I'm working from home. But uh, just excited for another week. Excited for the show. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a good week. I had my last day of work and start school on start school next Wednesday Wednesday moving in here pretty soon so alright good deal yeah that's gotta be uh, exciting uh, we'll see we'll see how long we're up there <laughs> uh, yeah, very true very true yeah so uh, this week Chuck and I are on the Kingdom Rewind are gonna do we each picked one of our favorite games now no to anybody's surprise it's not the Super Bowl but that's hand I mean, if you're a Chiefs fan, who's hands down, who whose favorite game is that not, you know? That, so That was our rule. We could do a game, but yeah. it can't be the Super Bowl. Yeah, so I picked my favorite game. Um, unfortunately, we lost, but it wasn't one of those where, like, it was a disappointing loss. It was it was during the regular season, and it was kind of a shootout. I'm talking about the the highest-scoring Monday night football, one of the highest-scoring Monday night football games in history, and that was the – Chiefs versus the Rams. That was the Super Bowl matchup that everybody wanted, but yeah, we didn't. And uh, I think that that game, watching the Chiefs versus the Rams, would have been a lot more fun than watching the the game that we had between the Rams and the Patriots. That, that's what probably the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen. Like, and absolutely, <laughs> I agree. But like I said, it was the Chiefs versus it's my favorite because it was it was kind of the shades of what we could have gotten, you know, shades of the Super Bowl. And I've, I've talking to people, people were saying that that was the Rams Super Bowl. So if we would have met the Rams in the Super Bowl, I guarantee we would have stopped them, or it would have been it would have been a you know kind of the same result, but we would have came out and won. Like, it would have been a great game. I mean, it, it, it would have been ten times better than what we had, and we could thank D. Ford for not letting that happen. <laughs> yeah. Because <okay. laughs> you know we're we're on sides on that play. We're we're playing the Rams in the Super Bowl. It's so. funny. I went back and I I rewatched this game twice. You know, I've I've watched it a few times, and and one thing. So I I'll kind of lead up to this, but. I had a, I created a thing for like there were notable players on the team that weren't anymore, and one of them's D Ford. And this game taught me, it actually it taught all of us, that he doesn't know the basics of football and the <laughs> fundamentals. He can't stay on sides. He got called for a neutral zone infraction in the Rams game, and it was in the first quarter. There was like 6:57 left. He got called uh, in the neutral zone. He he doesn't know how to stay. On sides, and we saw it. We even saw it in the Super Bowl. We saw it when he was with us in the championship game, and we saw it again in the Super Bowl. Like he has a thing for for not paying attention. That, that's well, what. That's it's not just it's not just jumping. You know, like like I, I see that a lot. Pat's Pat's perfect at it. Pat is the 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 king of getting guys to jump off sides with a hard count. And and when that happens, you're like, ah, oh, he got you. And, and and you're like, no, it's not a big deal. It happens. He doesn't know where the football is. <laughs> he yeah. he sets up right there. And, and, I mean, ugh. he's supposed to know where it's at. Like, as a D-line or an uh, outside linebacker, if you're lining up on the line, you should know where the football is. Like, 
you, you learn it in Pop Warner. That's something yeah. you learn early on. My my son knows it. My son plays you know ninth grade football, and he knows he knows where the line of scrimmage is. You, you get paid millions of dollars, you should know where the line of scrimmage is. Yeah. I mean, I, I will I will say, D Ford made some plays for us in his in his career with the Chiefs, but uh, but he'll never he'll never live that down. And uh, you know, and and it, it cost us what could have been one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time to give us to end up giving us one of the worst Super Bowls we've ever seen. Yeah, that was it was awful. And another reason I, I like this game is I know maybe I kind of already reiterated it, but like it was one of the highest scoring games. That is the third highest scoring game in Monday Night Football's 117 year history, I believe, 100 year history. Like they're the Chiefs are third behind the Redskins uh, in the Giants game played in 1966. And if you want to get political politically correct, the Washington football team, but they <laughs> yeah. 113 points combined, and then they're, the Chiefs are also behind the Bengals in the, in the 2004 game where there was 106 total point combined score. So the Chiefs, in that, the Chiefs and the Rams in that game had 105 points overall, so they were two touchdowns away. Each team was two touchdowns away uh, or both teams from scoring could have set set a new record, and that it just blows my mind. And especially in the third quarter, there were already eighty four points combined alone in the third quarter. Like when the third quarter started, or uh, a little like maybe eleven minutes in, there was already eighty four points up on that scoreboard, and that blows my mind. Well, especially because if I remember right, uh, Pat got off to a slow start in that game. Yes, he did. He, um, he in this game, it was one where he allowed. He'd actually. I don't even think up to date it's happened, but that was the first game that he allowed defense to score on him. There were two sack fumbles. Aaron Donald hit him, and then Sam Samson. Uh, he boxed something. I I'm not even gonna. Try to play, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about though. Yeah. He picked it up and he scored, and then he also scored. He scored two touchdowns against Mahomes, but one of them was off of the Aaron Donald uh, strip sack. Yeah, oh, that was at a critical time in the game too. Yeah, and it's the what I also loved about this and the season is coming into the game, both teams were nine and one. Now the Chiefs were coming off a loss. It had been a while since the Chiefs had lost, but but they were. Coming off a New England Week Six loss, they lost forty to forty-three to forty. Another good and, game. Oh yeah, that was that was a. Anytime we lose to Patriots, it honestly it hurts more than losing to a division rival. Oh, yeah. But it, I mean, for me that that hurt. Uh, the AFC Championship hurt a lot more. I was thinking to myself when we were going into that game, I was like, you know what? They beat us once. They're not going to do it again. We got this. We're going to beat them. And part of, there was that side of my head telling me that, and there was another side that was like, oh, no, we're, we're playing them again. We already lost to them. It could have happened again. And it, well, once again, thank you, with, before. <laughs> yeah. And the, um, get, kind of getting back to it, the Rams were coming off a week nine loss against the red-hot New Orleans Saints. 43-35 uh, to 35 was the score of that one. And it's crazy because at that time, in in week ten when both teams met at the Coliseum, 
there were they were the two they were two of the best teams in football. There was only one more other good team in the NFL, and that was the Saints. It was the Chiefs, the Rams, and the Saints that were all nine and one. Yeah. And, and coming into this game, the the Rams, and I could be wrong on some of this too, but the Rams were leaders in the rush yards, but the Chiefs on the opposite side were leaders in passing yards and like uh, anything offensive related. I I was trying to look up more of the stats, but I couldn't, um, or like the ranking, but I unfortunately couldn't find any. I kept bringing up just the game statistics. But uh, it also showed, like, for me, this game showed that, um, you know, that, like, no matter the deficit that we were down, because at one point we could have been, we could have been down two touchdowns, but it showed that, I mean, this for me, knowing now what I know, like, it shows that the Chiefs are comeback kings. Like, they, they were, they didn't matter how much the Rams put up, they were still coming down, they were still making plays, and uh, yeah, they started off slow, but defense finally got it together. I mean, Todd Gurley came in the game, he was a leading rusher, MVP candidate, and he ran all over the Chiefs team. I'm not, And that's the that game kind of exposed the Chiefs. I feel like that was the one game that really exposed the Chiefs, um, not just coaching-wise and horrible defensive coaching by Bob Sutton, but, you know, like we talked before we before the show, is this game exposed the Chiefs' secondary. Like, it mostly consisting of Steve Nelson and Orlando Skandrick, but, I mean, because those guys were getting – bullied through the game like there was they couldn't stop anybody. it and some other notable players that I had were like Ron Parker and Eric Murray like those guys are they're not on our team anymore and Steve Nelson don't even yeah, yeah Steve yeah. garbage hot garbage like it's, it's funny because I have a, a real good friend of mine his name is Steve Nelson so, so every time Steve Nelson would do something bad, I'd usually text him or something like that. <laughs> he's, he's also a huge Chiefs fan. So. But, uh, yeah, but uh, kind of on the other side of it, I mean, coming into the Rams game, Chris Jones had six sacks. So he was getting a sack or two every game leading up to that, that game. So that was, that was kind of crazy to me. I didn't realize that he was, I mean, that's shades of showing him why he has his contract now. But, uh, I mean, his his play, I felt like once he kind of settled in, he was making plays and, and things of that nature. So, yeah. And, but the, the thing about this game is, is like, not just because it was a high-scoring game or it was, uh, it was a potential Super Bowl matchup, after watching it, Kareem Hunt is a beast. Like, he he wasn't – it was like Todd Gurley versus Kareem Hunt because they were both just going at it with each other. And, and I love how – I'm not going to lie. I miss Kareem Hunt a lot. Like, he was – that, like, I don't – more than any other game, like, when I go back and watch that Rams game, it makes me really sad to see, like, we don't have any – have him anymore because he was tough like he he's a beast and he it just it it's sad that things panned out the way they did but he uh 
you know, he was he was a beast in that game. Well, you watch, you watch a lot of the 2018 games, at least the you know, first half of them, and you and, and you see him all over the place. He he was he was he was a factor in every single one of those games. You know, the they went nine and one. He was he was a reason for a lot of the, that success. And uh, it, 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 it we we were thankful to have Damian Williams, even though he is not Kareem Hunt. Damian Williams stepped in nicely in 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 that role and kept us afloat. And and but. But I mean, you know, we had we had a lot of struggles at the beginning of last year with the running game, and you you got to think, would we have had those struggles had had uh, had we had Cream Hunt? Would we have to bring in Lashawn McCoy to fumble three times a game <laughs> if we had Cream Hunt still? It, it is sad. I know, I know, it worked out for the best for us because we end up getting the ring. But but uh, it, it'd be nice to see what he could do with this offense still. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing is looking. So I'm going to dive in a little bit. I felt like I've been kind of like going everywhere, but real quick, I'm going to dive into a little bit of the stats, you know. So we'll just we'll go with Kareem Hunt first. He was the leading rusher in that game. He had 14 carries for 70 yards, and he the longest was 27. He didn't have any touchdowns. But, again, he I don't feel like we needed him to score in order to for him to – for people to know that he was – a beast of a back because he he set us up to score and it's funny because looking at the stats it was cream who was the leading rusher and then patrick mahomes was the second leading rusher in that game all that number two and see like in in i feel like in the with this past season like we have like two or three running backs up on that stat board we didn't need two or three running backs when we had he carry the load he was i mean if I'm not saying that he was better than Todd Gurley, but he he was up there for being. I'll being, say it. He's, he was better than Todd Gurley. <laughs> Cream Hunt. Cream Hunt was the every down back that we had needed since. God, I, I wouldn't even say Jamal because I mean I'm not going to put him at Jamal's level, but but Jamal wasn't that guy. He couldn't do. He couldn't go outside and inside. You know, Jamal what? Jamal was kind of a one cut guy and take off. Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt can get you the one yard you need, or he can get you the fifty yards you need. And the thing with him is, is he was he was big and he could run you over, but he was fast too. And seeing him hurdle the way he did for a big guy, like that, kind of blew my mind. I mean, he that's that's why I miss like I miss Kareem Hunt so much, and I wish that he'd get it together so we could potentially back, but that happening. Yeah. Well, the good news is that he's in Cleveland, so he won't want to stay there very long. Huh, no. <laughs> so he can clean but, it up and then apologize to Andy Reid and come back. <laughs> but I, I tell you what, the guy that we got now, this rookie, I'm pretty excited for him, though. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's looking good. We'll see what he can do. Um, some other notables from the game, though, is Pat Mahomes went uh, 33 for 46, and it doesn't come Prize, but he put up 478 yards. He threw six touchdowns, three interceptions, which one of those interceptions set came to Marcus Peters to end the game. And that kind of, for, for me, that kind of felt like a punch in the face. I was, I was, I was, I, I didn't know really how to feel about that. It felt like a punch in the face, but it was like, you know, like, did that really just happen? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback on that. It, it, it was it was hard to watch because one the game's over, you you've lost the game you've lost one of this 
it, it's gut wrenching when you lose a close game, a game that that's exciting, that, that had that much hype, and then to lose it on a Pat Mahomes interception to the guy that you just got rid of, you know, the year before, and it was, you know, to top it off, it wasn't like, you know. Well, we were we were doing well at the corner position. Our corners played like crap. Orlando Scandrick was hot garbage, <laughs> and and he was the entire season. Steven Nelson was awful. All these guys are horrible. They were the guys that were stepping up in place of Marcus Peters, and Marcus Peters proved that he was still the best corner in that entire game. Yeah, and I I remember watching um in the game. Charvarius Ward, he wasn't a starter, but Charvarius Ward was on special teams, and he came up with a beautiful uh, play on, like, a, it was a punt. He got down there, and he, like, held on to this guy's foot. He was trying to make a move in a date, but Charvarius held on, and we should have, what Charvarius Ward has done, we should have put him in. We should have threw him in over. Honestly, I'd, I'd much rather have seen him be put in over uh, Steve Nelson, because Steve Nelson was getting picked off. So was Orlando Scantrick, but I, I, it was pretty bad for both cornerbacks. I mean, and our secondary was garbage. Right, yeah. No, and, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it, maybe I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. Maybe Charvarius Ward was the best corner in that game, and we just didn't know it. Because <laughs> yes, he certainly showed out last year. and uh, uh, but, but like you said, you know, on special teams, he can contribute on special teams, but we needed we needed against that high-powered offense. We needed we needed it in the passing game, and we weren't well, getting it out of what we had. Well, remember, we also had Kendall Kohler because he came over from that uh, trade with the Redskins. Yeah, the Alex Smith trade. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so we had Kendall Fuller. I don't know where he was. I mean, I, 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 I just kind of always felt like Kendall Fuller. I mean, yeah, he was serviceable. And, you know, we were able to get something out of Alex Smith when we knew we were getting rid of Alex Smith anyways. So it was fine. But I never thought he was as, as highly as, as highly productive as he was, you know, hyped up to be. I mean, honestly, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw – I agree with you, but I'll go ahead and throw this out there. I mean, he, he sealed the game – he sealed the Super Bowl with that interception. Yeah. Uh, Damian Williams sealed it with the run, but <laughs> – I mean – he put it, but he added an uh, icing for the cake, or another layer of icing to the cake. With that, I mean, there was no way that they were back, but what had happened if they had scored there, you know, like, and he did intercept the ball. Because there was a minute 30 left. There was like 90 seconds left. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, it was, it was a great play by Fuller, and, 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 and he did have his moments. I felt like, I felt like he did a little better when they were, when they were using him a little bit in that tweener safety role. Uh, but, but he was, he was, he was brought in as a nickel, so he was never brought in to be the outside guy that you see with uh, Breland and Ward. Um, but, but you know, it was. He's he, he he was serviceable. It was fine. I don't have any. I don't have anything. He certainly was an upgrade over over Stephen Nelson and Orlando Skinner. And it's funny, uh, real quick. Both of those guys went on social media or national television and just completely tried to make the Chiefs look really bad, saying, "Oh, it's their fault that we lost." And they, Orlando Skinner was competed with Get Bayless. Oh, yeah. and, 
Shannon Sharp, and he, it was funny because, and I love Sharp. He's his, he's hilarious. He, he got Orlando Sandra down real quick. I mean, he was like, I don't remember the context of it, but Orlando Sandra along the line said, oh, it was the Chiefs' fault that we lost in the AFC Championship game. Like, it was all the Chiefs' fault. Sharp came in and said, well, weren't you playing in that game? Or yeah. weren't you Terry? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, was, it was comical how both those guys, as soon as they leave the team, were the first to talk trash. But then what happens the year after they leave? We win a Super Bowl. So, you know, I mean, they can say what they want, but, the, you know, our, our secondary was bad. And uh, our secondary was bad, and our coordinator was bad. So I'd say that the three people that made that defense as bad as it was were Orlando Scandrick, Steven Nelson, and Bob Sutton. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I I know that earlier in one of our episodes, I said why well, I wasn't a big Reed. That's another move that I wasn't a big fan of Andy Reed because he should have made some moves. Like, he, with our he has, he should have been able to make some I mean, really, if, if we're going to talk about, you know, he should have been, he should have tried to go out there and get another corner or, you know, put in Charverius Ward and Kendall Fuller and see how they did benched Nelson and Standard because they had really gotten picked on here. I mean, they showed glimpses good, but they, they just weren't right. here in Kansas. They, they were just bad. Well, but, you know, this, this doesn't happen to, the, to this, to last year's defense. No, Russia's defense doesn't get doesn't get slaughtered like this. Which, on the other note, Rams' defense was getting slaughtered too, and they they were supposed to be you know a lot better defense than the Chiefs, and we were handing it to them just the way the Rams were handed to us. But well, it's that, just that, you know, yeah, go ahead. So the thing with that is, you know, like yeah, the, both defenses were not playing. Great. It was kind of like a college football game where it was a shootout on both sides. Offense were shooting it out, and the defensive couldn't figure it out. Right. But the thing that I feel like really killed the Chiefs in this game was not only did they have the two back fumbles for touchdowns, but not just alone in the first half, they had like seven or eight overall the Chiefs had, oh, if I'm remembering, they had 13 penalties, or I'm sorry, yes, they had 13 penalties for 135 yards, and the Rams had eight for 60. Like, that was, a, that was I think, one of the most penalized games Monday Night Football history as well. So, like, us being penalized 13 times and costing us 135 yards, also, I feel like kind of contributed to us not that game out, you know, because they can say what they want, you know, whatever the, the two defensive scores, but we we can score of our own. Alan Bailey came up with it and took it in, and ju- it's it's sad because Justin Houston was the one that caused the pressure for that sack bump to score for us, and like I said, there was. Of the notables that are that were on the team that aren't anymore were Kareem Hunt, Justin Houston, Ford, Marcus Peters, and I, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody else. But those guys. I, another thing is, is 
Mar- Marcus P- or uh, Eric Berry being out didn't help us. He was out with a sore. Uh, the the heel. Yeah, sore. He had that, he had that day-to-day heel injury that lasted ten weeks. Yeah, <laughs> and, with, and with his foot, but he had that uh, heel injury, and I. Now, if we look at it, can't really say it would be any different. But had he played, he could have maybe been a difference maker. Well, Eric, Eric, Eric Berry added a little bit to that defense, just not just with his play, but just his attitude. You know, I remember when he came back, uh, he was he was in the lineup, and he's like physically yelling at people because they weren't in their right spot. Like like right before the play goes, he's just screaming at people because they did they had no idea what they were doing. Like. Yeah, that I mean, was a... that was that he was the leader that we. But yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, I I agree. They, they, there was nothing, you know, there was no leadership on that defense, especially the back end. Uh, it's 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 to me, it's the main reason we went out and got the honey badger. Uh, you know, you see how he plays, how he handles himself, how he how he holds others accountable. Um, the, the accountability is the main thing that was not on that defense. And, uh, you know, it maybe, it maybe came, it maybe came from the pass rushers, but, but that secondary group needed it. Guys like Steven Nelson, Orlando Skander, they needed to be held accountable. So they wouldn't, you know, end up going on talk shows later on and blaming, blaming other things when they were the reasons that, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't stop anything. Yeah, exactly. They mean, but I mean, overall, that that game had Super Bowl implications, and it was just as a Chiefs fan, that should be one of your outside of the Super Bowl, be one of your favorite games to watch because it was explosion. Like I saw Patrick Mahomes kind of come into him, you know, kind of come in. We had golf versus Patrick Mahomes, uh, versus the young coach in uh, McVeigh. So I mean, it was it was a really really good game, and it was especially with the Rams being the number one rushing team and us being the number one offensive leader in pass yards and and other st- statistical categories. It was very overall just one of my favorite games to watch. Even though we lost, yes, it was still one of my favorites, and I feel like it showed. It kind of brought into light things that we see now that we maybe didn't see back. Well, it's, it's easier to watch watch it now because uh, uh, we've won a Super Bowl. Like I always have a hard time watching games where we lost, and we did a, we did a podcast on the AS Championship game, and how that, that was like one of the first times I've watched it since they lost. Uh, I feel the same way about this game. It, it was a fun game. It lived up to the hype, but we lost, and still it was still kind of hard to watch. I think it's a little easier now um, because, yeah, well, you know, we have a Super Bowl now. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I guess for me it wasn't as hard because I thought that we were going to see them in the Super Bowl. And then it was like, well, that sucks. Because, yeah. again, we, we we had somebody who didn't know how to stay stay on, stay on his own side and know the fundamentals of football. But, yeah. That, that's it for favorite game. I'm going to hand it over to you, Sean, because I'm sure you're itching up the bit, bit to talk about yours. So I'm going to go ahead and let you take over. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, mine, mine goes a little farther back in the time machine. Uh, you know, we uh, 
Yeah, that was a that was a pretty recent game, the 2018 one against the Rams. Uh, I'm going to take us back all the way to 1994. Um, I was a fourth grader, <laughs> if anyone was wondering. Uh, and uh, but I did I, I watched the Chiefs religiously black back then, uh, as I do now. And uh, you know every every Sunday, and this was a Monday night game against the uh, Denver Broncos. It was Joe Montana versus John Elway. This was the second year of the Joe Montana era. The second year of the Joe Montana, Marcus Allen era. Um, you know, they got them in 93 uh, in free agency. And, uh, you know, I mean, this, this, this game had, this game was a lot of hype, just like, just like the, the Chiefs Rams game of 2018. It was, it was, you know, Montana versus Elway. And, 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 you know, there were several, there were, there were several of these in the, in the few years that Montana played for the Chiefs. Um, but, but this one was in mile high and both head coach Marty Schottenheimer and Joe Montana had never won in mile high in their entire career. And this is, this is late in both their careers. So, so that's kind of a, a crazy stat that, that, you know, mile high was such a, such a tough place to play. And the chiefs didn't win very often there, obviously, in, you know, <laughs> not very often in the Marty, Marty Schottenheimer era. Uh, but it's just it's just a hard place to play. The the fans were loud. If you go back and watch this game, you could you have to turn your volume down because because all you could hear is the fans screaming throughout the entire game, much like Arrowhead Stadium is. But uh, but Mile High back then was a lot like that too. So um, so starting the game, the, the game the game actually had a, a unique start. Uh, the first quarter was pretty pretty back and forth defensively, but uh, the defensive fact that is, is, is weird about it is that Derek Thomas was benched for the first quarter of this game. And, uh, you know, Derek Thomas, you know, Chiefs franchise leader in sacks, uh, you know, the whole thing. This guy, this guy was, you know, was a nightmare for John Elway. And because he missed a team meeting earlier in the week, Marty Schottenheimer put him on the bench for the first quarter, which, but you don't see a lot of that nowadays. You don't see, you don't see coaches, uh, you know, I feel like players get away with a lot nowadays, and 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 you know, if 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 you were to see, you know, the 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 leader of the defense miss a team meeting today, I doubt there would be much. Maybe a fine, but he wouldn't miss playing time. So so in a game like this, Monday Night Football, divisional, you know, you know, two big Goliaths going at it, and for for Marty Schottenheimer to put his best defensive player on the bench, that's that's a bold move to, to say the least. But uh, but the first quarter, you know, it was it was back and forth. Uh, you know, the, the the each team was punting, which which the Chiefs, you know, they, they you know, with their first drive, they ended up getting they ended up getting a fourth and two, and they just still decided to punt. And that's kind of how Marty Schottenheimer was. He was very conservative. Um, they even make a joke about it in the, in the commentary of that game uh, about how you know how conservative Marty Schottenheimer was. And to top it off, he even he even gets a gets a, I think two drives later in the first quarter, he ends up getting the ball at fourth and inches. Now, now, he, I, now I see where Andy Reid gets his conservative. <laughs> Andy, Andy Reid was never this conservative. They had fourth and inches, and you have Marcus Allen, who is a Hall of Fame running back. He was already basically in the Hall of Fame at this point because of his illustrious career. You have, you have that. They, they did kind of a run by committee with Marcus Allen, 
Uh, they, uh, their rookie, Greg Hill, who didn't amount to much. He was their first-round draft pick, uh, but he didn't really amount to much. And they had Kimball Anders, and then they had fullback uh, Donnell Bennett. So they, and, and they would all get, get uh, throughout, throughout the early 90s, they were all getting their share of carries. So they, did, they definitely did a running, running back by committee. But they were all, you know, pretty good in their own right, uh, especially Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen, you know, that guy, that guy could have fell forward and got two yards. I don't know how. I'm, so what they did, they, they tried to get they tried to get Denver to jump, and that's a hard thing to do on the road. Like getting 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 the home team to, to, to jump like that's you can see it on the other way around. If you're the home team, yeah, and there's so much noise and whatnot, you can get the, the defense to jump. But it didn't work, so we had to punt. And and then you know back and forth they punt. It was the start of the second quarter when. Denver was able to march the march the ball down the field. Actually, actually, they didn't they didn't march it very far. Uh, Joe Montana was intercepted. It, it hit uh, he it wasn't really his fault. He hit a hit a defensive lineman. It bounced off, and another defensive lineman caught it. So, but they were they were in the red zone, and Denver was able to punch it in. So Denver strikes first. Um, you know, we we end up uh, they strike first. We get the ball back, and this is where. Marty Schottenheimer, uncharacteristically, maybe, maybe, maybe he felt bad about the fourth and inches. We get fourth and four, and he goes for it, and it's incomplete. So, you know, maybe he could have done that a little bit early on, and that may have made a difference. Uh, but he decided to do it here, and it was kind of a head scratcher. Denver gets the ball, but at this point, this is where this is where you know chips are stacked against us. Denver got the ball back. We're down seven nothing. Marty Schottenheimer decides, okay, Derek Thomas, you can get out of the corner now. You're out of timeout. So he, he brings Derek in. Three plays later, Derek uh, Derek gets – he he actually gets a second. You see the play. Derek Thomas is the one who grabs Elway's shoulder pad. And and as as Elway is falling forward, Neil Smith jumps on him. And they give the sack to Neil Smith. But it doesn't happen without Derek Thomas. It was an immediate impact, uh, Derek Thomas being in this game. Um I don't think the end result would have been the same had Derek Thomas sat the entire game. Um, <clears throat> but they, they punt to the Chiefs. We march down the field. Mark Salen runs in a seven-yard touchdown. So all's well is tied up. And this really goes back and forth. I won't, I won't go play-by-play play on this because it was it was a lot of, uh, you know, the next drive Denver scores. Then, then the Chiefs get the ball back. Uh, Joe Montana, you know, uh, throws a touchdown pass. I think he hit, I think he hit uh, J.J. Burton. Um, and it goes back and forth, and so it's it's tied. It's tied at halftime. It's uh, you know, Denver gets the ball back in the <coughs> uh, in the third quarter. Um, you know, or, or no, actually Kansas City started. I'm sorry, Kansas City started the the third quarter of that, and we actually marched on. This this was actually a great drive because they they, they marched the ball down the field. It's pretty methodical. It was one of those, you know, it wasn't like a Pat Mahomes three plays and, and we're in the end zone. It was it was nickel and dime a little bit, run here, short pass here. But they scored on a uh, pass to their offensive tackle, Joe Valerio. That was the second touchdown of, his, of the 94 season for him. They would put him as an eligible receiver at tight end. And uh, he scored a four-yard touchdown. And uh, uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. And the Chiefs are on top. And, and, you know, then they forced Denver to punt. We get the ball back. Looks like we could add to the lead. Well, we had to punt. And and Denver's defense was pretty stout in this game. 
and uh, they 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 did real good in coverage. They were they were forcing a lot of incompletions. Uh, they had the one interception. You know, they, they, they were they were making sure there wasn't any big chunk yards by Marcus Allen. But the one thing they weren't doing, they weren't hitting Joe Montana. And that's really probably all they could have done. If they could have just got to Joe Montana, because Joe Montana was playing with, I think, I think he had a, an elbow issue and he had bruised ribs. He was he had multiple injuries on the injury chart. And, you know, they were during that game, they kept commenting that, you know, all it would take is one good hit and it would probably take him out of there. And that would have, you know, obviously that probably would have made the difference. Joe, Joe Montana was, you know, four-time Super Bowl champion. He, 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 every time, every time he'd have a driver and a clutch moment, they, they would say, you know, well, he's been there, done that. You know, he's, he's been the, the, you know, the guy that could. He was, he was, he was our John Elway. You know, how many times have we seen, did we see John Elway in the '90s march down the field and, and beat the Chiefs? So. You know, but but we ended up, you know, punting it away, and then Denver comes back and 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 is able to tie it up. And so this this next drive, it was the start of the fourth quarter. Well, I mean, I mean, we had the ball. I think we had one play before the fourth quarter or something like that. And uh, fourth quarter starts. We're we're not really moving the ball. We I think we get we get. We, we had we got a first down, but then we got a penalty and came back, and then we did a little bit and and, and weren't able to get the first down. And had to punt, or or it was I think it was another penalty. <laughs> Either way, there was there was multiple penalties on the drive. We we lost some yards on a, on a Kimball Anders run, and then third it's like third and eighteen or something like that is incompletion. So we go to punt. It's a little nerve wracking because it's tied up at twenty one. We're giving the ball back to Denver in the fourth quarter. That's the last thing you want to do. You don't want to give John Elway the ball back in the fourth quarter. And Denver muffs the punt. And and uh, you know the um, I think I think one of the one of the um, the return guys or the, the the gunners jumps on it. And and we've got the ball at the I believe like the 12 yard line. And Three plays later, we're not able to. We're able to move it two yards. <laughs> we're on the ten, and so you've got you've got a field goal at the ten yard line, and who comes up to kick it but Lynn Elliott? And Chiefs fans my age know Lynn Elliott, and it's not for anything good. Uh, <laughs> you know, he uh, missing three field goals at, at about probably the ten yard line in the uh, uh, 1995 playoffs against the Colts. Uh, he was. Uh, he, he he couldn't hit couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. So he comes in, and sure enough, from the ten yard line, which is like easier than an extra point, he shanks it. And uh, so John Elway gets the ball back. Fortunately, uh, with a couple sacks, uh, you know, uh, and a couple big stops by Neil Smith, uh, we're able to get him in the punt situation. Chiefs get the ball back. Joe Montana marches down to field goal range. He gets stopped, but then Lynn Elliott comes in and kicks a 19-yarder and actually makes it. So this was this was a time when 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 Lynn Elliott would make would make a chip shot field goal and and the fans would stand up and clap. <laughs> he was that bad of a kicker. I don't know how he lasted multiple seasons with the Chiefs, but he was a horrible kicker. <laughs> and and so uh, you know, <clears throat> Denver gets the ball back and. They're moving the ball a little bit. They get to about midfield, and Shannon Sharp catches, uh, uh, I think, a slant for about seven yards, and 
one of the Chiefs linebackers, not named Derek Thomas, <laughs> jumps up and actually punches it out. And it's a fumble. Chiefs get it. It's there's like I think I think seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. We're sitting there, it's 24-21. All we gotta do is run the clock out. Marty Schottenheimer's great at running the clock out because he's very conservative. <laughs> and so, so, you know, and you've got you've got future Hall of Famer Marcus Allen in the backfield. So things are looking good. And the very next play, the aforementioned Marcus Allen puts it on the ground. <laughs> And the Chiefs, the Chiefs, Chiefs lose the ball after just getting it to play before. Um, and the one thing you don't want to do to John Elway is give him, uh, you know, multiple opportunities because he'll do exactly what he did and march down the field. And uh, and he actually ran the touchdown in for four yards, and, which he was he was pretty good doing that. He was he was he wasn't he wasn't mobile like you know like Lamar Jackson is, but uh, but it, he he could he could run it in from time to time. And so they. They end up getting the lead when all we had to do was run the clock out. And so now you're sitting there, and they, they took off plenty of time. They took off <clears throat> probably about four minutes or so, and we're sitting there with a two-minute offense now. And uh, Joe Montana gets the ball back, and he passes to Marcus Allen for eight yards. Then he hands off to Marcus Allen for eight yards. Chiefs use their second timeout, so they got, they got one timeout left. And <clears throat> the next – Six passes. Joe Montana goes five for six. And those five passes were eight yards, two yards, 11 yards, 12 yards, and then a big 19-yard completion to get uh, to get to the five-yard line to Tracy Green. And Tracy Green was the actual third-string tight end at the time because their starting tight end, Keith Cash, was injured with a knee injury. They had Derek Walker, who ended up with with uh, I think almost 100 yards receiving, but he was their backup tight end. So they were they were he was using everybody. He was using multiple running backs. He was using multiple tight ends. He had he had Willie Davis and JJ Burden at receiver. Uh, they were they were all they were all uh, Dana Hughes was in there. A lot, a lot of a lot of Chiefs fans know Dana Hughes because of his talk radio. Uh, but he was in there in the mix, and so it's there's but there's eight seconds left. There, there's eight seconds left. We're on the five, and you know, and this is where like Denver, it's it's you know Denver fans are screaming. They're trying to get their team to do any kind of stop. They're not used to this. Usually it's the other way around. Usually John Elway is marching down the field at the end, and, and Chiefs fans have you know can't do anything about it. And sure enough, on a, on a five yard out route, Joe Montana hits Willie Davis in the end zone, and. Uh, and to take the lead after the Lynn Elliott successful extra point, uh, take the lead 31-28, and that's how it ends. Uh, there was there, you know, Denver got the ball back, but there was only a few seconds left, and it ended with a, a John Elway sack uh, by Darren Mickel, and who actually he actually fumbles the ball, and Von, Von Booker picks it up, but you know, time had expired. So, but the Chiefs pull off pull off the what, what, what was considered an upset. I don't actually know what the line was, but. But 31-28, mile high. Joe Montana had never won a mile high. Marty Schottenheimer had never won a mile high. Um, as far as stats go, uh, Joe Montana had 393 yards and three touchdowns and the one four-mentioned interception. Um, while John Elway had had two touchdown passes and one rushing with 263 yards. So they, they were pretty both, – both quarterbacks played really well. The difference was Joe Montana was not sacked once. And all they had, all and and the announcers even said that all Denver had to do was hit him once, 
and and he could have, he may have gotten injured. I mean, you don't want to, you're not rooting for an injury, obviously. So I'm sure, I'm sure the, the announcers weren't rooting for injuries. But but the way Joe Montana was towards the end of his career, he was always hurt. He was always had nagging injuries. So it was one of those things where if you could just put bodies on him, you could rattle him, you could get him sore, and you could make a difference. And they couldn't do it. The Chiefs' offensive line held up great, um, as a which is the exact opposite of what Denver's offensive line did. Everybody was in the mix. Derek Thomas, Neil Smith, Vaughn Booker, uh, you know, uh, Dan Salimua didn't even play in this game. He had a knee injury. And Neil Smith was hampered with a uh, with a, a hand injury, so he wasn't he was only in on passing downs. So they were they were they were injured at that line and plus you throw in the the suspension to Derek Thomas for the first quarter and they were still able to pull off six sacks. So that that uh, you know they, there's a lot of talk about that that 93-94 team about you know getting Joe Montana and getting Marcus Allen how big that was for the offense. And the offense did okay but but that entire early 90s early to, to mid to late 90s that kind of 90s decade was Revolved around that defense. Derek Thomas, Neil Smith, um, you know, guys like that. Dale Carter in the secondary. We, we spent the whole last game, uh, you know, that Chiefs fans game, talking about how horrible our corners were. Dale Carter was one of the best corners in Chiefs history. And uh, and we, we talked a little bit about him in the last podcast. And, and uh, he was he had, he had a tough job. There was, there was Anthony Miller was a stout receiver for Denver. They had, gotten, they had just gotten him from uh, San Diego. And he was their number one target, and he only ended up with, uh, I don't actually have his, he had, I think he had, I don't know, he had, he had 99 yards and a touchdown. So he did, he did get his, but it was one of those things where, like, he was going to get his, but just don't let him take over the game. And, and he, you know, that was, that was their best receiver uh, in that. Shannon Sharp only had 50 yards. He had the fumble. He had no touchdowns. So, they did, they did a good job, and a lot of that game, they were putting linebackers on Shannon Sharp, which is something you wouldn't do to, like, Travis Kelsey <laughs> or George Kittle. You wouldn't put you wouldn't put a linebacker on them today. But Shannon Sharp was the same type of receiver, and we were guarding with linebackers and playing man coverage against their receivers with Dale Carter uh, as, their number one, as their number one corner. So it was a, you know, equal, different time periods, same type of hype, in my opinion, uh, you know, Chiefs Denver is always hyped, but but when you have John Elway and and Joe Montana, two two Hall of Famers going at it, you know, there's a there was a lot of hype around that game, and it just to to go back and forth like that. It wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't as big a score as like the Chiefs Rams. I mean, there because there was defense. <laughs> there was no defense in that Chiefs Rams game. Um, and offenses could do what they wanted, but there was there was defensive plays, there was offensive plays, there was back and forth scoring, and to have Joe Montana in the last season of his career beaten and injured and able to march down in two minutes and put one in the end zone with eight seconds left was just I I you know I I, I talk about that game every time I talk about the Chiefs. It, it's one of my greatest childhood memories. I watched it with my dad. Uh, you know, we were we were screaming at the TV, and uh, it was it, it was just it was honestly my favorite game, my favorite game. It, and and I know we we said that we were going to have the Super Bowl in there, and, and obviously the Super Bowl should be there, but this has to. I mean, this game to me is right below it. Just just 
as a football fan, you should this should be one of the one of the best games of your memory if you were around this time. Uh, it just it just had everything, and uh, and yeah, I mean that's that's all I really have. I don't have much more about it. I just know that uh, if you ever on YouTube, they they do show the game in its entirety. The the commentary kind of sucks because you know Dan Deardorff's an idiot. Uh, you know, on Monday Night Football, but but it's uh, he's no Mitch Holtus, but uh, it's it's definitely definitely worth your time. It's a fun one to watch, it, and and you know I can't say enough about it. Yeah, for sure. It's sad. I mean, obviously you know a lot lot more about it than I do. Um, I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> I, so, uh, before, so I don't about it but I will I, I'll have to definitely go back and watch it but like you said I mean it's it's one of those games below the Super Bowl I mean these are some of these Chiefs games that are you know right there I mean the Super Bowl is number one I mean our first two bowls are number one but you know there there are some really really good games that we've had um, well we're not we're not new Chiefs fans so the, you know we didn't have a Super Bowl you know, when either one of us were growing up, you know, our, our, our Super Bowl, we never made it. We ended in the playoffs. So these games here are, are kind of the games that, that have always been our favorite. And the Super Bowl is a new thing to us. You know, we, we don't know what to do with ourselves as Chiefs fans because we've never, we've never experienced this kind of success. So in, in 1994, this was my Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I mean, there's um, that game, the, uh, the Rams Chiefs game. I mean, there's there even the even the games that the Chiefs haven't won. There still have been really, really good close games that we've had, whether we won or lost, that have been insane. Like it, it blows my mind that. Like, well, that's, that's, even, a, that's especially true now with Pat Mahomes because Pat Mahomes is in every game. I mean, you, you're not going to blow Pat Mahomes out. He's going to put up a fight, and he won't. He may not always win it, but it's going. He's going to give his best, and he's going to put on a show every time he plays. Yeah, that's that's all you can ask for, especially somebody who just broke the bank. I mean, that's you gotta. And like like we were discussing before the show, I mean, that's between that contract, the Chris Jones contract, and the new. Uh, reconstructed Travis Kelsey contract with congratulations to him. Absolutely. I mean, we have to. It's it's win now. Like, there's no other. There's no but. There's no no boom or but. There's there's like we got to like we need to like this is straight winning from here on out. And so, I, I mean, and like I told you, they get to the Super Bowl every every year. They need to win it. Like, there's no excuse. They need to win yeah. every year. Well, they're, they're, but these contracts, that has to be the expectation now. And, I mean, I will say as a side note, it is a great time to be a Chiefs fan when you are not happy with one Super Bowl win. Because <laughs> the potential is there for us to have a dynasty. And that should be the goal now, especially giving Pat this this baseball contract <laughs> of, of half a billion dollars giving Chris Jones his money, giving Travis Kelsey his money. You're locking up these guys for the long term. The expectation has to be to keep winning. Yeah. And, like, I mean, there's – when you're making that kind of money, you, you have to – You're. Ex, I mean, at that time, I mean, you're pretty much expected to win and, and be great. Like, 
told you, I, and I was so happy that we won, and it was it was amazing. But I wasn't satisfied after we won that Super Bowl, and especially now, because I was thinking, you know what? Now are we going to go get another ring next year? Like we we need another ring. But especially now, with all these contracts and the big money that they're given, I'm definitely not satisfied. And as a Chiefs fan, either, because now they gotta now the pressure is kind of on them to to come out and really play like an elite Hall of Fame NFL players. Like, yeah, I agree. And and you, you can't. You don't want it to be like the Royals. Like I remember listening to the you know the radio shows after the Royals, the Royals missed the playoffs the following year after they won the World Series, and they're like, "Well, we won, we won last year. That's that's fine." No, that's not fine. <laughs> we can't, we can't, we can't be one and done here. We got this has to be a dynasty now. You you have a generational quarterback, a guy that you will never see again. There there will never be another Pat Mahomes. You need well, to get the most out of this this young man's career. And in all fairness, and, and the Royals the same, they lost a lot of their good key players. So there wasn't there. I mean, you can't start a dynasty when you're in rebuild mode either. Like right, and rebuild mode don't go really hand in hand. Well, so it's harder in baseball. I'll, I'll admit that. But but the Chiefs don't have that excuse because they did the exact opposite. They paid all their players. So run it back. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Go, if they go to the Super Bowl nine straight years, I expect them to have nine straight. You know, that's just that's patient I have for them. I've always had high expectations for the Chiefs. I've always been really passionate about it. Like when I was younger, like I would have every game we lost, I'd cry. Like I remember, like after I'd cry, like it hurt. Yeah. And I'd cry, but it, it did. But now there shouldn't really be any crying except for happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with with what we got going for us now, it's definitely time for them to. Yeah, it's it's it's. it's I mean, you know, you spend your. I spent my whole life as a Chiefs fan wanting them to win. Give me one, but now you see what they have in front of them. There's no reason that they should only win one. And and I hate I hate to say this because I don't want to sound like an ungrateful Chiefs fan, but if they come away with only one, that's going to be a giant letdown. And. and they have the team right now. They have the coaching. Andy Reid's ready. Um, you know, he said that he's on board for for several several more years. You've got Pat for the the majority of his contract or the majority of his career. Like you know, and and Travis Kelsey will probably finish out his career in Kansas City. You've got all the pieces right now. You know, to, to not just build a winning team, but you're building a dynasty. And, and I think that's, it looks like that's what Brett Beach has in mind. Uh, with I, all of his wheelings and dealings that he's been doing, this isn't and just a one and done thing. This is this is several years just, ahead. Yeah, it's just the beginning. And I'll throw this out there real quick. Like, I mean, we, with these guys saying, like, you want to be Chiefs forever, if that's the case, that some of them, Obviously not now, but some of them, if need be, should be willing to take pay cuts to stay here. Because I know that Pat said he wanted to stay here. Uh, Matthew said he wanted to stay here. Kelsey said he wants to stay here. I believe Tyreek Hill said he wants to stay here for his career. So any of those guys that want to stay here for their career, you know, Frank Clark, all those guys, then 
if if need be, they should be willing to take pay cuts. I would I would I I know I say this as a fan, but I would gladly take a pay cut <laughs> if I was Bulls. Like that's all that really matters is winning the Super. Bowl. I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, the I mean, money, the, the the pride and the legacy and the dynasty. I mean, that's that's for to me is more important. Well, that's 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 what's good about it. everything that's happened so far is that they don't really have to worry about a lot of those guys anytime soon. Um, I think I think the next big contract they may have to worry about is Charvarius Ward, and you know who's to say whether whether they give him a contract or not. I mean, I, you know, I haven't seen enough to say that that he can't be replaced. I mean, he's been great. He's been don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm glad he's there in, in this year for us, um, but. But those guys that you mentioned, Kelsey, Mahomes, Chris Jones, all those guys, we're not going to have to worry about it. And so so if, if, if we're getting them and they're still playing the way they're playing, there's, there's no excuse. There is absolutely no excuse to not keep winning, to not get to not get back to the Super Bowl uh, multiple times. Um, you know, Brett Veach has done his job. You know, now, now Andy Reid and the players need to, need to make sure they keep doing theirs. That's, I mean, I'm sure we could go on and talk about this forever, but I think that'll uh, that'll about do it for Sean Dixon. I'm Roman Metcalf here on the Kingdom Rewind. We will see you next week.